Welcome back to our final week of Going Backstage, our, our uh, opportunity to dive into our Wesleyan heritage, dive into our Wesleyan theology, and dive into our Wesleyan traditions. This, is, uh, this idea of traditions is going to be an important topic for us today as we dive into the work of worship, the work of the church, the work of what we do when we come here on Sunday mornings and we get to sing songs and we get to hear sermons and we get to be in a community that is called the body of Christ. Now, worship very important for us, very critical area for us to grow in our faith. Um, we look at it as every Sunday we come here and we get the opportunity to uh, to get to engage with God. They get the opportunity to be renewed, to be nourished, to give uh, to give ourselves of God and to receive from God what we need to go about our time over the course of the week. And so worship is very, very, very important. And we recognize that worship can look a whole host of different ways. And so uh, we're going to dive into kind of the elements that we get to see in worship, where we have things like the gathering. We have things like our um, our scriptures and our traditions and our histories, our sacraments, our sermons, all of these things. We have the responses that we will give. We have music. And then we have what we call the sending forth, which is kind of the response, the, the pushing people out into the world and say, now go live differently as a result of this worship service. And so um, as you dive into those core tenets, you know, discuss the ways in which you see them and the ways you've seen them in different styles of worship. You know, we have two primary styles of worship here at St. Andrew. We have our traditional service. We have our contemporary service, both of them equally valued, both of them equally uh, important in good ways in which we can experience God's grace. And what we want to encourage you guys is to have conversations about how those different styles of worship give you different lenses into which you can experience what worship offers us. Um, talk about what your favorite hymns are. Talk about what your favorite sermons have ever been. Uh, talk about your favorite sacraments, all of those kind of things, because these are really important for us to engage with as we experience church worship. The second thing that we're going to dive into uh, outside of just kind of the core structure of what worship is and the kind of the purpose of worship is we're going to take an opportunity to experience our sacraments. See, if we understand that the purpose of worship is for us to give praise to God, uh, uh, for us to connect with God, for God to connect with us, for us to connect with one another, then what it means is that when we look at our sacraments, we have to look at our sacraments in that context and say, how is it that those sacraments are offering those opportunities to connect with God and for God to connect with us and for us to connect with other people in both in their church and in the world. And so our two sacraments are our primary ways in which we experience the grace of God. There are primary methods and modes of God's grace. We have our baptism. We talk about baptism in, in, in context of it being our initiation into the church, our adoption into the church, and our adoption by God into God's family. Um, and so we talk about the reasons why we baptize both adults and infants, because we do baptize infants in our Wesleyan tradition, in our Wesleyan heritage, and the importance for us understanding that uh, infant baptism is going to be a great conversation because there's probably some people in your group who did not grow up with infant baptisms. And so being able to hear kind of the difference between a uh, what they might describe as a believer's baptism and the way in which we talk about baptism is very much understanding that in baptism, we in our Wesleyan tradition and our Wesleyan theology, we recognize that baptism is an area where God is the mover in the conversation that God is coming to us first and foremost and first and foremost. So baptism isn't the result of anything that we do. It isn't the result of us having our own change of heart or something like that. It is God coming to us and saying, I'm choosing you. I'm adopting you. I'm offering you this grace. And then we get to accept it. And so the reason why we believe that we can baptize infants is because we believe God is actually already moving in their life, even before they are ready and willing and able to profess Jesus Christ as Lord themselves. 
the, uh, the, the next one that we have is we have communion. And then in communion, we get the opportunity to confess our sins. We get the opportunity to receive God's forgiveness, to receive God's love, God's, God's grace. For communion is, in fact, this place where we get to receive this incredible gift from God. It's an opportunity for us to receive sustenance, to receive nourishment, to receive a new life with Christ every single time that we take it. And we know that this was a, uh, a tradition that was established by Jesus in his last meal with his disciples before his death and his resurrection. And so we recognize the utmost importance and the power and the grace that is present in those elements when we come forward to receive them ourselves. Um, when you look at these, we want to talk about why is it that these, these sacraments are so important? What is our traditions with them? What is our experiences with them? Logically, reasonably, you know, using those Wesleyan quadrilateral principles, how is it that we can engage with those? And how is it that we can uh, see them in a new light, in a new way that we maybe, maybe have not seen them in that way before the next time that we get to experience them and engage with them. Uh, our two uh, scriptures that we're going to be using today are actually both from the book of Psalms. In the book of Psalms, we typically see uh, who we believe is the writer is David, King David uh, from the Old Testament. We uh, we get two, uh, two different opportunities to offer out praise to God in these various Psalms. So as we read through these Psalms, we, we invite you to see the ways in which praise is being offered to God. How are we describing God? How are we talking about God? How do we feel emotionally as we read these things? Do we, do we, uh, do we believe these same words that, that David is pouring out? Do we believe that these are, are good words to use to describe and to, to offer up to God as, a, as, a, as an opportunity for praise? Um, and then, you know, in Psalm 99, it, we, we get the opportunity to experience um, or get the opportunity to dive into a little bit more about what it means to sing praises out to God, to extol God for who he is and how God is so great. Um, and so we, I, I'm excited for you to read these two Psalms. Typically, we take opportunity to look at our gospel messages. We take the opportunity to look at our, um, you know, the letters of Paul, but actually looking at our Psalms are great ways for us to experience worship in a new way because Psalms really were written as words of worship. So I hope you enjoyed this final week. I hope you have learned a little bit about the, uh, the theological understanding, the theological underpinnings of, of, Methodist faith and specifically our Wesleyan heritage, our Wesleyan tradition. And I hope that you are renewed and reinvigorated as we continue to lead you alongside your walk of discipleship through our adult ministry programs. I hope you have a wonderful day and look forward to seeing you at church very soon.